This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Comsick. And a happy Thanksgiving if you're just joining us now. And that, of course, means that fall is here. And before you know it, that other season, the one that it seems only outdoor enthusiasts love, but motorists, pedestrians don't, will be here. But before it does, whether yours is small or not, this is a time of year you may ask, okay, what do I do to get the garden ready before it's covered with all that white stuff? On the line to answer that general and your specific questions, Charlie Dobbin, co-host of The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio, along with Frank Proctor. Happy Thanksgiving, Charlie. Thank you very much, Bob, and to you too, and all the listeners. Okay, and before maybe I kick it off with a question or two, the numbers to call, much like, uh, I guess, when you and Frank are in here uh, on Saturdays, 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Charlie, I mean, I don't know how many people still refer to back in the day. I mean, everyone would look at the Farmer's Almanac. There's so many different sources to to go to these days in terms of what the winter, what the year ahead's going to hold. Do you kind of refer to it, ever have, don't? You know what? Every year is a new year. It's, you, yes, I, I try to sort of stay in tune with what the forecasts are, but at the end of the day, winter's coming. There's nothing we can do about it. So best thing to do is be prepared. Be proactive. The, the whole thing with gardening at this point is being proactive because we don't just have snow storms. We have snow megadons. You know, we don't have rain showers. We have rain events. So everything's really kind of changed to, you know, it just seems like weather's when it's happening, it's happening in a big way. So I think that being prepared, being as proactive as you can be is the best way to go. Okay, so how do we start? What should we start with? There really is no uh, specific order here. It really depends no. on, on one's own garden. That's right. Like if, for example, you're in a condo or an apartment with just with a balcony, then the last thing you're going to worry about is leaves and lawns and, and, and you know, hedge trimming, irrigation shutdown, but those are important things for the homeowner to worry about. But for just the person with pots of plants, which everybody pretty much has some kind of pots of plants sitting outside, it's um, it's either protecting them so they'll survive in their pots over winter or recognizing that, you know, it's a tomato in a pot or a petunia. It's going to die in the frost. No big deal. Just look after it until we get a frost. And let's face it, even if uh, if you're a homeowner and you have uh, a fair-sized garden, mm-hmm. uh, there's enough people I know just in our neighborhood, when I take the dog out for a walk, I'll look around. I mean, while they're doing their business and sniffing around or whatever, and look over, and the other day I passed a neighbor and uh, had enough room in the back there for a garden, but also had uh, several pots on the stairs with, I'm assuming, herbs or whatnot. So right. even if you have... You you don't have to be in a condo, I guess, what Not I'm saying, all. in addition to right. to yes. have to have pots. That's it. That's exactly right. Like, everybody has pots of something. And if you do have pots of herbs that you love, 
you know, snipping little bits from when you're, whether you're making stuffing for your turkey or you're sprinkling some dill on your salmon as you're putting it on the barbecue, those pots can come indoors and those herbs can survive inside as long as we get them in before frost. And, you know, it's part of it is we don't want to bring any, any insects in, so it's a, a good thorough um, you know, washing with some soap and water and draining water through the pot just to make sure there's no little sow bugs and those things in there. And then drained well, brought in onto the sunniest possible windowsill you've got in your house. So southern exposure, western window, either one, just a bright, bright spot. And, and keep those herbs going as houseplants as long as you can. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740 if you have any questions for uh, Charlie, even if you called on Saturday and she answered your questions and since then something else has come to uh, to mind, well, here's your opportunity to uh, to do so and, and please call in here to uh, fight back on, on Zoomer Radio. Charlie, so uh, again, it depends on one situation, but if you're looking at, I guess, a traditional homeowner, not a not a large, not an estate, because if you've got an estate, chances are somebody's looking after it for you, and you don't have exactly. to. You don't have to be uh, have to be doing so. Pay the bills. Uh, exactly. Just sign off on it. You know, uh, tap and go. Uh, but if you do have, you know, an average size lot, nothing, uh, nothing too big uh, in the garden. Maybe you don't even have much in the way of uh, uh, planting vegetables or, or herbs, and you just got a a few plants or or whatnot. Well, what, what it- like Bob, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but do you have a lawn? Yes. Okay, so are you prepared preparing your lawn for winter? Uh, yes, and I've uh, I don't have an estate, but I do have somebody who helps me with it. Uh, so I'm I'm guilty of that, but I also do a fair bit of my own, and I know that's important to 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 do so to get your lawn ready in terms of for the fall fertilizer because it's such a a key time of year mm-hmm. to make sure your your lawns had enough to eat because this is you know over the winter with all the moisture too obviously from the snow and whatnot that it's ready for the spring right yeah the fall fertilizer is the most important lawn fertilizer of so if you're only going to fertilize once a year make sure you do it in the fall because it does prepare the win- the lawn for the winter um, helps the lawn to be in better condition when spring arrives, when we do the fall fertilizing. So that is always a very, very important one. But even if you, you know, even if you have a company, an outside company doing that fertilizing for you, you still need to stay on top of the leaves that are probably right now falling down uh, in this rain and this dampness, those wet, soggy leaves fall down onto our lawns. And you can't wait for your lawn care company to come. You've got to get out there with that rake Keep those leaves off the lawn. What's the problem uh, for the lawn if if one doesn't? The, depending on what kind of leaf, but you know, big maple leaves are a good example. They just suffocate the lawn beneath them. So you leave you leave those leaves there for ten days or so, and you go out there and rake them. And underneath where where that leaf was, now the grass is all pale yellow and thin and scraggly because the the lawn suffers a lot with the leaves sitting on the lawn. So make sure you're out there. Keep those leaves moving off the lawn. And you're right. Your your third party might come in and do your fertilizing and mowing for you and leaf cleaning when they come, but they're not going to be there every couple of days. Okay, uh, we've got Lorraine from Cambridge who's uh, joining us on the on the line. Lorraine, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And go ahead, Charlie's um, here. I was wondering if you could transplant like I seedlings that come up from my Rose of Sharon and also uh, Rebecca plants. Could I? transplant those? 
now, this time of year, you mean? Yes. Absolutely. Right it's a great time of year to transplant because the soil is nice and warm, and any transplanting you do now will very quickly start, the roots will start to grow. So when you do the, tra- you, you can pot them up to give them away to friends or move them around in your garden into different spots in your garden. And the fall, believe it or not, is a better time to transplant than the spring. Oh, okay. What about grass seeding? Oh, yeah, perfect, same thing. It's just not too late. Okay, yep, thanks yep, very much. Over, yeah, it's not too late. The, the trick with transplanting and overseeding lawns is you want a four- to six-week window when you're doing those chores before we have the first hard frost. Well, hard frost. Okay, that, then. That goes to Bob's point of forecasting. When are we going to have the first hard frost? Right. I think we're good. We're okay, good thanks very much. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. Right, you too. Okay, Lorraine in Cambridge, thank you. Uh, Helen in Toronto, go ahead and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. You too. I have a spider lily. Now, I've had this one for several years, and I've got a picture of it maybe three years ago. It says plant early. Well, I I wrote on it, planted in such and such a year, blooms the following year. It's come up with lots of beautiful leaves. It has not bloomed. Do I leave it in the ground? Do I take it in? Or do I toss it? So, um, just you're calling it a spider lily? That's what it says on the box. Uh, okay, okay, I'm just Let me see if there's any other information on there. It's absolutely beautiful. It uh, comes up like it comes up as as a slices of a flower, slices of leaves that turn, mm-hmm. almost like. Uh, hmm. yeah. it doesn't say anything and the flower, else. Did it did flower once? You said. Pardon? It did flower once. Yeah, uh, a few and years it, ago. And it was white, right? Uh, it's pink, and it was, it's flat, I put it, and the instructions on the side, and I'll just read the bottom line of it, um, is plant uh, as soon as possible, as this plant requires a long-growing, a long-growing season before flowers emerge in late summer. Right. Um, and I don't even know where the company is, so I could go back, you know, further and find, get more information on what to do with it because when it did bloom that year, spectacular. Hmm. And it's been outside all that time since you. Well, it's it. been out. No, I. Um, I brought it in last year. Okay. Put it out again this year, and uh, it's got all the foliage that you would want on it. It looks like it, but nothing's come up in the middle. You know, like a lot of the other plants, something comes up in the middle. You know, there's a spike. You're going to get a, a bloom of some type. Nothing has come up this year, so I'm wondering: take it in again, or leave it out, or just call it quits. Uh, but you got green leaves. Yeah. Okay. You know what? It's, it's funny. Just like a term like spider lily, spider lily is a common name for about you know a million and one plants. Oh. So they are all tender plants, members of the amaryllis family. And you know the amaryllis are the ones we grow at Christmas with those big huge. I was going to ask you about that next. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, bottom line is, the the bringing it in for the winter is, as far as I can tell, required. Otherwise, it, the bulbs will not survive over winter outside. Right. And the fact that you've just gotten green leaves this year, again, I wouldn't be overly concerned about. It, it, the green leaves fatten up the bulbs, mm-hmm. so they're photosynthesizing. Um, 
converting all that sunshine into carbohydrate that's fattening the bulbs for flowers in the future. So that's why I wouldn't be overly concerned. It's just, it's part of those, you know, part of that gardening. There's patience required when we garden. And I think that's going to be one of those examples where, you know, if it was, it was probably pretty gorgeous when it did flower. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. What I would do is it's going to die down. Like it needs to go dormant for the winter. So, you know, frost. Yeah, let it get frosted. The green leaves, green leaves will turn yellow. The whole thing will come in. Just put it in a. If you have a root cellar or a dark, I've got a cold cellar downstairs. Yeah, dark, cold with plants. Yep, let it sit in the pot down there all winter. Come around March or April out out of the root cellar. Water once. Sunshine, window, sunny window, and then do fertilize roundabout. You know. But you're going outside in May or June as the weather, as we're frost-free, then uh, time to fertilize and really crank some growth. And cross your fingers, it'll flower next summer. Okay, Helen, there okay, you go. Uh, Thank can you. I ask a question about the amaryllis? Because I've got that out there. As, one more, last one. <laughs> okay, with the green leaves on it. And this past year, I did the same thing and nothing grew. Somebody said to me they are only good for one year after you purchase them. Oh, no. No, no. You can keep amaryllis going for years and years. It's just giving them the right things that they want. So I'm just like you. I've got all these amaryllis sitting outside with green leaves on them right now. Uh-huh. I'm going to get them into a situation where there's no more water going on them. Right now they are getting rained on. So right. I'm going to put them in the garage or under a porch. No more water. Green leaves are going to turn yellow, which is fine. I'm going to clip them off, get rid of those into the composter, and then I'm going to sit those amaryllis amaryllis bulbs in a dark spot for 10, 8 to 10 weeks, and then start the whole process again by waking them up with water and sunshine. In okay, do you okay. recommend that both the amaryllis, amaryllis and spirulis go into a pot? Yeah, it should be in pots. Okay. okay. Helen, thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks, Helen. I See think you happens, got your... Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Yeah. That's okay. Roll. That's okay. They do, and that's what, uh, well understood, especially because one question leads to another. And Pamela in Clinton, a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for being patient, and go ahead with your question. Thank you very much, and happy Thanksgiving to both of you, too. I have uh, some uh, oriental lilies or Asiatic lilies. Five packages say oriental lily, and one package says double Asiatic lily. I bought them in the spring, late spring, but I have not put them in the ground this year, one thing and another. Should I be putting them in the ground this fall, or should I try to keep them over the winter in the packages as they are and no. put them in the spring? No, you should get them in the ground as soon as possible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, that if makes you me feel so much better. When you open the packages, look closely at the lilies. Lilies do not last very long, so if they're all just shriveled up dust, then don't even bother planting them. But if there's some heft to them, if they've got some weight... Oh, yeah. No, there's still a bulb in there. These are ones from Holland, so they should be fairly decent. Yeah, they're all from Holland, but there's just lilies like to get planted as soon as possible. So no doubt. Okay. Well, I'll get them in the ground. uh, These conditions seem to be okay because it's very warm here in Clinton today. We're not Mm. far from Lake Huron. But I'm a little concerned about too much water and root rot. Is yeah, that a problem? No. Just make sure you're putting them in a spot that's well-drained, so that okay. not in a low-lying part of your garden. And if you do have a really soggy, clay-based soil, consider some sand or gravel just to encourage drainage around and beneath the lilies. There you go, Pamela. I hope that helps. Yeah, this weather okay. is crazy. Hey, it's it is. Wild. Tom and uh, Brantford, go ahead. Quick question for yourself. And I got Dominic on Guelph, who's been patient, and then we're going to move on. So, Tom, go ahead. Oh, good afternoon. My question's got to do with clematis. Mm-hmm. Is it too late to plant one? 
and at what time of the year should I cut them back? I've heard you saying they cut them back to two feet. And right also, is the grafted uh, clematis that has the you know two different types better, or they're just the same as it's the single? It seems to be me that the single one seems to flower better. I think you're right. I'd be inclined to keep it simple. Grafting, particularly clematis, is a very very brittle plant. The stems break and um, crack very easily, so I'd stay away from grafted clematis if you can, just because there, there's enough issues with with clematis as it is. Um, the tr- you can definitely plant now, not a problem, if you can find clematis to plant. Yeah. Uh, the garden centers probably don't have a lot of clematis left, but if they do, certainly grab one. Now, there are... There are clematis that bloom at different times in the season. There's spring blooming, summer blooming, and fall blooming. So depending on when they bloom, it has the it, that determines when we prune. Most commonly are the what we call the summer blooming clematis. So they're the big purple, typically fl- uh, flat faced, almost star uh, shaped uh, Jack Manny clematis. That's the classic. I have one of them. And that is a summer bloomer. And what you do is if you're planting it now, you just plant it, walk away, leave it alone for the winter. In the spring, you'll cut it down to when the buds are starting to get like little furry mouse ears. Little, You'll see little furry buds, you know, in the spring, whenever that might be. It might be April, might be May. You'll trim right down to two pairs of buds from the ground. So maybe it'll be maybe six inches tall when you do your trimming. Okay. And you do that every spring. Okay. Now and All right. Eternity. All right, Tom. Thank Thanks, you. Okay, bye. bye now. And finally, uh, with Charlie here, we've got Dominic in Guelph. Happy Thanksgiving, Dominic. And what's your question? Dominic, you there? Yes. Go Morning. ahead, Dominic. Yes, good, go ahead. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes, I would like to know, I have a problem in the last couple of years. For the tomato, they grow up, but they have a fruit on it. And all of a sudden, some bugs on the bottom eat the roots, and the plant died. Is there anything I can use to prepare in the spring to kill the bugs in the ground? Okay. You're convinced it's bugs in the ground? Yes. And why is that? You've seen the bugs? Well, because the plant, like I said, they're healthy, they have fruits and flowers and everything on, and and all of a sudden, they're dying. Right, but that's not a bug. Well, it's not an insect bug. It's actually a fungus. It's called tomato blight. And there's nothing... Okay, a couple things you can do. One is never plant your tomatoes in the same spot every year, so rotate your planting location. Number two, make sure you've got good space between the tomato plants, meaning like sort of a three feet apart. So you've got air and sun circulation, which will keep the fungal diseases minimized. Never water your tomatoes late in the day. Always water early in the morning. And if you are seeing that we're getting a lot of wet weather and high humidity, then there are there's something called a garden fungicide, and it's a sulfur-based spray. And you get a hold of some fungicide or sulfur, garden sulfur, follow the instructions, and spray your tomato plants before the fungal disease gets a hold of the plants. I know it's that my it's all about prevention. My worry about is because like I said, what I planned is it's on the bottom, it's like a drain, it's up the hill. So mm-hmm. no can be sweat a wet uh, land. 
good. They'll be dry all the time. Yeah, well, not all the time, but well-drained is important. Yeah, yeah well-drained, yeah. Okay, Dominic, there you go. Yeah, no, the- I know, the blight is a problem, because it's, a, it's all connected to humidity and rainfall, and we had a really nice dry spell in the summer, but certainly we've had a lot of rain lately, and that's affecting. There you go, Dominic. So I, I, Just one I, second. One question, we got to let you go, we got to move on. <laughs> I love it. You know what? Frank goes crazy with this, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dominic, if you're there, going once, going twice, do you have a question? Yes, I, Go ahead. I'd like to know if I can use a lime in the garden to kill the bugs. Real quick. Go ahead, lime Charlie. Lime won't kill bugs. Lime will affect your pH. And in Guelph, you shouldn't need to use lime. You're on a, you're, you're on a lime-based, limestone-based soil. So do a pH test before you add any lime. Okay, there you go, Dominic. Thank you so much. And uh, Charlie Dobbin, co-host of The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio Saturday mornings, as you mentioned and alluded to, your uh, partner in crime, uh, Frank Proctor. And uh, yes, we, we get it. We know what it's like. It's like that thread, right, Charlie? You start yeah, pulling at it, and before exactly. you know it, yeah, exactly. you've taken the whole sweater apart. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, happy Thanksgiving to oh, you and yours, you. and uh, enjoy your time or days off this week. And you're back here for more questions from our listeners uh, on Saturday. Thanks exactly. again. Exactly. Thanks, Bob. All right. You take care. To you and yours. Thanks so much, Charlie. I'm Bob Kopsick, and I'm sitting in for Libby Zneimer here on Fight Back here on Zoomer Radio, and we'll go into the kitchen now from the garden, and we'll go into the kitchen and see how that turkey's doing here on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.